Hello and welcome to American Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Simonson. Our guest for this episode is food truck owner and chef, Corey LaFranchi. When faced with having too much food after an event, Corey decided to drive into the neighborhood that he grew up in and pass out the extra hamburgers for free to those in need. Inspired by the experience, Corey is finding ways to keep giving away free food as he grows his business, which is coincidentally named Street Eats. We talk about how Corey first got into the restaurant life, how he left a lucrative union job to start a small independent food truck business, and what the future might have in store for him and his family. Thank you for joining us on this episode of American Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and find us on social media. And now I present my conversation with Chef Corey LaFranchi. How's it going? It's good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on American Podcast. Of course. So tell us about your story. You had a bunch of extra food, and you decided to take it to people who needed it instead of throwing it out. Yeah. Tell us how that all transpired. So we we happened to go. We were booked for an event for a day. Um, had a bunch of food with us, maybe a hundred burgers, um, so a bunch of tots, things like that. And the event was kind of a wash when we pulled up. No one was really showing. People were dropping out of the event. So we weren't really going to sit there for. I think we had to be there for like seven hours or something like that. And we just looked at each other and was like, "There's no way we could sit here. We're not going to get rid of this food." So I ultimately just, you know, made a decision. Well, let's let's head to Spanaway. Let, let's try and feed some people in need. And I've been talking about this for a while. Just never had like that opportunity. So I talked to the coordinators. Said, "Hey, listen, you know, it seems like everyone's kind of bailing out of this. You know, it's about to rain. You know, you guys, you know, you're about to close. So yeah, we just we headed on to Spanaway, and you know, stopped at the deli." Uh, Spanaway Deli Mart. That was like my spot as a kid. Um, I used to go there almost every day with my friends to skateboard on their curbs and, you know, buy corn dogs there, two for a dollar, you know, with the side of ranch. So it was like this place we always met up. I went there and I just asked, I said, hey, I have a ton of food. Do you mind if I have my food truck there? And at first they were no food truck policy. They didn't really understand kind of what I was doing. So, and then finally I was like, I'm just giving food away to people in need around the area. I'm from here. Um, And they gave me permission. So, you know, we set up in the corner. I put a post on Facebook and it seemed like it just went viral within that community. And, you know, we fed over a hundred people. You know, we had everything from, you know, single moms to, you know, a guy on a bike that, you know, had five teenagers at home to vanfuls of people that were living in that van at that time. And we just, we fed them. There was no limit. Anything on my truck was free. You know, if you needed 10 burgers, I'm giving you 10 burgers. So yeah, man, we just, we hit it hard that time. And um, yeah, we're just trying to figure out where to go next. So how long were you there? Like from what time to what time? Um, I want to say we were there probably four to eight. Something like that. So we were giving away food for a good three to four hours. Okay. You know, to any, you know, it was crazy because like people would like circle around our truck because I erased my whole menu, just said free food, free food for those in need. People just kept circling and you'd see them just, you know, just doing the thing around the truck. And then they'd finally come up to us and be like, what does this free food mean? You know, well, it's free food. And they're like, can I offer you something? And, 
you know, it, it was those in need, not saying like you're homeless or living on the street, but maybe like, you know, it's, it's hard to make ends meet, but you have six kids at home. Like it's, it's for everyone. So, and I had to explain that and it was, you know, and once people understand and got comfortable with me and I, I think it helped because I told them I was from the neighborhood and everything like that. So there was no like judging going on. There was no, it was like a pure connection with the people in the streets. So once I did that, they just started texting their friends and sharing it on Facebook and all their friends came and I went out and I met every single one of them. You know, how grateful I was for them. I hope they had a great day. And it was, um, you know, there it was kind of wild, like the people I met, you know, one kid got five or four burgers. And at the end of it, he just looked me in my face and was like, you have no idea how much this means to me. And it's in my position, like it's four burgers, like anyone can go get four burgers, but some people can't. So like immediately when he said that, like my heart just changed, mindset changed. Um, you know, the community is begging to be fed. So I'm going to do something about it. You said you're looking at ways to to do something moving forward. What does that mean? So I I want to continue to do this. I want to figure out, you know, a lot of people are reaching out to us. How do I get a donation or give a donation, things like that? Well, I'm not really a nonprofit. We're just food truck kind of, kind of situation. Um, you know, I know the location we set up at at the deli, we're not allowed to do that going forward. Just be, you know, it's conflict of interest of the business. Um, and then it was kind of hard to, for us to find spots that people lo- will let us, you know, just give out food, you know, cause everyone's trying to sell something. So, and I understand that. So we actually partnered, um, with a free clothing bank through the school system, through Bethel school, uh, district, and they have an open lot that we can, we can post up on. So, that was a really big thing is just find a spot. If I can find a spot that is okay um, and that's consistent, I can make the food happen. Um, so, yeah, that's all we are waiting on. We're trying to get to feed people once a month, maybe twice a month, and then see how that goes. And as much as we have food, and if we have food, then we'll give it away. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you know where that location is? Yeah, so it's off 165th and Pacific Highway. So it's almost like you're going to Bethel or to like the Roy Y. There's an empty parking lot behind some portables. Um, there's an elementary school behind there that Bethel School District owns. I'm not sure that that name, but it's just we're right off of Pacific. Okay. So you'll, you'll be able to see us. And when will you be there next? Do you have a, any date set? Yeah. So November 17th. Um, from 2 p.m. until we run out of food. So I'm I'm gonna say two to six. Okay. You know, hopefully, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring everything out, man, from dinner rolls to mac and cheese to burgers, like anything hot, anything that will fill you up. It's cold outside, so yeah, we we just want we just want to give you a hot meal, and it's cool. There's people reaching out to us saying, you know, can we give you soap or toothbrushes or anything like that. So they're just going to stop by the truck and hand it out. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll take anything we can. Do you have a date set for December or January? I, I do not. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to see how this location goes. 
um, if it goes good and, you know, the community is loving kind of what we're doing, we're just going to start setting dates. And then I'll post it on our website, on our Facebook, Instagram, so everyone knows where to find us. Okay. Yeah. Have you had any experience working with the homeless or those in need before? I haven't. Okay. No, this is strictly me growing up in an area that it's kind of the normal for me, um, but never helped out in like a soup kitchen or anything like that. Always inspired by everyone that does though. It's a, uh, it's pretty amazing what, what people do every single weekend to feed those in need. Yeah. So tell me about your experience growing up in that area. Honestly, man, it, uh, it's definitely a, a love hate situation, right? So it, it's kind of a, a weird playground for kids and especially a lot of kids that I hung out with, you know, either the, the parents were pretty absent or the parents were strung out on drugs or whatever. And, you know, like I said, there's no police station out there. So it, it was kind of like everything went, um, you create your own rules kind of situation. So I, I don't know. I, I think I had a normal, normal childhood growing up in the ghetto. <laughs> you know, if that's what we want to say, like I loved it. I was in the streets every day. I was skateboarding with my friends. Um, you know, and, and that was it, man. I, I really did. I loved it. But I always said, once I leave Spanaway, I'm never coming back. So now here I am trying to get back into the community just to give a different way. Yeah. So, but yeah, that man, it's, it's my place. It's my people. Um, I'm grateful to be able to do what I'm doing. Have you, uh, have you talked to anyone? Do you know anyone that's still in that area? Yeah, I have a lot of friends never left. Um, Spanaway's changing a lot, you know, for for the better, we hope, but it's also got, you know, its downfall and everything like that. But I still have friends from high school, junior high that are living, you know, either in Spanaway or kind of around Graham or something like that. So all familiar. You had mentioned earlier that when you were giving out the free food that you actually saw some people yeah. that you knew from your childhood. Can you talk to me about that a little bit? Yeah. So that... I, I ran into a few people. One of them was from junior high, high school, um, a kid that we skateboarded with all the time. Um, really good kid, came from a good family, uh, good middle class, super smart. You know, he had a car at 15, you know, like not not all of us, our parents didn't buy us like our first car at 15, like we had to work for it or just didn't get one. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up seeing him. He came by the truck, you know, later later in the evening and unfortunately he's just strung out on drugs and looks completely different and you know weighed maybe 65 pounds and missing a few teeth and it was just crazy looking at him because all of like the memories I had of him and you know just throughout the childhood and then seeing what directions you know he took it, it was just humbled my heart um, I felt tons of compassion and I just wanted to help. Like, how can I help right now? What do you need? It was almost to the point where like, can I get you an apartment? Like, wait, like, how do I get you out of this situation? You know, I, I understand it doesn't work that easy. Um, it's, you, you kind of just got to build them, build them back up one day at a time. The whole trust thing. So that one 
that one hit me pretty hard. Um, and then I, I saw a couple people actually that come into the truck for food that I just seen around town or went to high school with. And some of them, you know, they wouldn't talk to me like they knew who I was, but they, I don't know if it was just like embarrassment or shame or, or anything like that. And that's nothing I'm trying to promote. I'm just trying to give, I'm trying to help whichever way I can. So it's an interesting thing to, it's not normal for someone to come into a neighborhood with a food truck and say, you want free food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, <laughs> people definitely questioned me on what that meant. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting to, to hear you're kind of in a position of normalizing that. I hope so. I, I, I really do. I hope when they see us, they will start to feel comfortable to come to me. Just, you know, obviously, you know, some food or, or whatever I can, you know, a conversation or can I give you a bottle of water? Do you need a napkin? Like, you know, whatever I can do, I just want them to be able to see me, see my truck and just know that's a safe place to go. So I'm thinking as a society, you know, right. there's always people on the, like I live in Tacoma. There's people on the corners that are asking for things all the time. Right. Um, and they're very thankful. Um, but they're putting themselves in a position of like asking. Right. But to go into a place and say, I want to give, that's a different transaction. But I think it's needed to some extent for, and that's what's interesting to me, is just how we as a society can kind of normalize a healthy transaction of helping. Mm-hmm. Um, where pride doesn't get in the way or judgment doesn't get in the way. But if you have something to offer and someone has a need, that that can happen in a healthy, productive productive way. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely think it's needed. I think the approach that we are going to right or going through right now it is the best approach we can do. It's not, it's not an aggressive way to just get the community. I'm not, how do I say this? I'm not forcing people to come to the truck. Like I'm not making them come here. I just want them to know that I am here. Um, and you may not see a first wave of people. I could go out and there, no one would be showing up like at all. Um, and then the next time I show up the same time, same location doing the same thing. And I could see a ton of people show up. So I, I think pride has to be set aside. Um, kind of just on both parties, like, I'm just here to be a servant. I'm here to feed you. Like there's no strings attached, no nothing. I just want to help you. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. That's cool, man. Yeah. So tell me about your food truck. Tell me about your business. Like what's the name of your food truck? How long you been doing it? Um, Name of our food truck is Street Eats Mobile Eatery. I've been open for a year now. A little over a year, like a year and two months. Um, It, I left construction um really the whole thing started with two hundred dollars a barbecue grill and a pop-up tent is how i started the company like four years ago um and what happened right here in my neighborhood you know up at the community center there's a barbecue and i told my wife you know i was working construction i was like hey i'm gonna do a pop-up and i'm gonna sell tacos and it's gonna be awesome and she's like okay who who's coming it's like no idea, but I'm gonna I'm gonna post it on Facebook and we're gonna see what happens. So I I did just that, man. I made a menu, um, tacos for a dollar. You know, I had water and some sodas, and she's like, okay, what do we do now? So I put out a post. My mom wrote this menu, 
just writing down the tacos. And then on the top of it, she just said Street Eats by Corey LaFrenchy. And I had no idea kind of like the Street Eats. I never thought about that as a name or anything. So I posted this this on Facebook saying, hey, man, I'm selling tacos. If anyone wants to try my food, um, I'm a dude from construction. So please come out. Right. So next thing you know, I sold out in like an hour, like hundreds of people showed up, just sold out, you know, me, this pop up tent and a grill. So I, you know, after that whole thing, we kind of sat down and was like, okay, what was that? Like, how did that happen? You know, and then you start getting the feedback, right? The comments and when are you going to do another? When you, we didn't think about doing another, it was just this one time thing just to see what happened. So, you know, going through this three years, we were doing pop-ups and underground dining and, you know, four course meals in backyards in my house. Um, I met with Brian Reynolds actually, and he had this like co-working space called Citizens Creative House. I don't know if you remember when he did that, uh, Kickstarter Kings, you know, it, it was a couple, couple years ago. Um, he was like office space for 150 a month. It's like, okay, cool. And then saw that he had a kitchen in there. I was like, yo, Brian, what if I turn this into a restaurant after 5 p.m.? And he's like, dude, that's the craziest idea, but I love it. We're going to do that. That's how I did that, man. Um, Street Eats kind of stuck. And through these pop-ups, I was able to gain some kind of audience about just who I was, what I was about. Um, and it helped fund this food truck. It, it you know, me and my wife, Ashley, we just, that that was the direction we were going to take. So we bought this food truck um, out of Oregon, but the couple that we bought it from lives up here, actually. So bought this food truck, you know, went down there two or three times, saw it, you know, kitchen was was done, but it needed some work. It, it needed a couple thousand dollars worth of work at the mechanic, new brakes, tires, you know, pretty, like, your maintenance. Um, just went down there, got it. Me and my son were on the freeway driving to the mechanic when we broke down. We, we probably picked it up, you know, 10 minutes prior to that. So this truck breaks down on the freeway. There's, you know, it's hot, no AC in this truck. It's, you know, a 96 Chevy box truck. So we're sitting in on just in the freeway. Like, I don't know where to go. Like, nothing just dying get it to the mechanic mechanic was just like listen man i don't know what you know about lemon laws or anything like that but you know this is going to be about twenty five thousand dollars worth of fixes and, and he and he was serious it was everything was wrong with it it was one thing after the next with this food truck finally get it towed to the mechanic <clears throat> and he told me that right so we did some work down in Oregon, brought it back up here. Um, well, towed it back up here, got some more work done on it. Next thing you know, hey, from my buddy that was working on the truck, hey, the transmission went out, man. So we now we need a new transmission. Okay. And I'm working, you know, full-time construction, trying to do pop-ups on the side and build this food truck. My wife's working full-time. It, it is just like a chaotic time. Um and, and yeah, we, um, you know, finally got all the mechanical issues done, try to get it, you know, submitted to L&I to say, hey, the hood system in there is, you know, illegal. Like someone just welded up your hood system. It, like you can't have that, right? 
you need to redo your whole kitchen. Wow. So now, <laughs> now we're in a position where we're ripping the kitchen out, right? So what we paid for, it's no good. So now I'm redoing the kitchen, putting money into the hood. Finally, September 2018, we got, you know, finalized L&I health department. Yeah, 2018 health department. Um, and we were good to go, man. So it, it was a, it was a struggle. Um, we learned a lot about our food truck and just what business is and everything like that. I feel like I'm a pretty trustworthy person. So if you tell me, you know, one thing and another thing happens, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it weighs on your shoulders a little bit. So yeah, we opened, um, community welcomed us, you know, with the open arms, and, you know, three months later, we win. No, it was about six months later, we win um, Best New Food Truck of the South Sound by South Sound Magazine just out the gates. And then, you know, Sue Kidd, when she was still writing for the News Tribune, wrote an amazing article with us, gave us front page of of the paper, huge article. So it, it's been a crazy ride so far, but we're blessed to do what we do. So, yeah. That's great, man. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. When did at what point did you quit your union job? So that was <clears throat> September, yeah, beginning of September 2018. Two weeks later, we opened up the truck, and that was, you know, we were full force with it. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about your job in construction. Yeah. So I actually, right after high school, um, started building cell phone towers. It was a kid that I used to skateboard with. He he always had money. It's like, dude, what are you doing with all this? Like, how we're just out of high school. Like, no one, my friends' paychecks are like 100, 180 bucks a week. I was like, you at least got 300 a week. How do, how do you do that? Um, got me into building cell phone towers. So that's, um, that's how I started that. And then, you know, was building cell phone towers up in Snohomish. You know, I moved up there from, from Tacoma and working at this company. A year goes by, everything's good. A year goes by, we show up to work, there's padlocks on the door, company closed. Well, I don't know anybody in Snohomish or Everett. I'm just here for this job. This is all I've, you know, I, I didn't make any friends up here. So I was like, all right, mom, coming back home, you know, hope you got a bedroom. So moved back in with my mom um, and I needed a job. I didn't know anything about the industry, about you know, where I'd get another cell phone tower job. I was, in my mind, I was like, no, it's, a, it's only up in Everett. I can't get, I'm not going back up there. It's not down here. People don't do that. So um, I got a, a position over at Salty's at Redondo. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, bust some tables or serve, you know, probably make some good money. And they're like, well, actually our, our only position to open is a dishwasher. Would you take that? I was like, well, if I, you know, I guess I need a job. So I guess I'll wash dishes. So honestly, man, that's kind of how I got into the restaurants. Um, just doing the dishes and I loved it. Like from going from construction to, you know, I was climbing 700 foot towers and doing all this manly stuff, but the dishes and the rush and like the atmosphere of this restaurant, like there was nothing like it. And I was super happy doing it. 
you know, I got a promotion to like the salad station, which I was super hyped on because I got to like read the tickets. You know, the the printer comes out and I actually got to make the food that was on the tickets. And it, yeah, I was just hyped. So that's how I got into the restaurants. <clears throat> you know, that's how I figured out culinary school, cooking, you know, went down the road, worked at a couple other restaurants, culinary school, um, all of that. You know, we had my daughter in 2011, and I wanted to give my family the best life that I could. So I knew it wasn't on a cook salary. Even though I loved what I was doing, I just couldn't provide what I wanted to for my family. So the only way I knew how to do that was building cell phone towers. Um, yeah, from 2011 to to when I just recently quit, that I was full force with that. Yeah, and I just moved up through the ranks and, you know, I ended up being just foreman running, you know, million dollar projects and, and yeah, that was, that was my life until we, we did that pop-up one day on that barbecue. Everything changed right after that. So yeah, that's it. So was it a a passion thing? Like you just, you have a passion for cooking and you're like, if I can do this, I want to do it. Oh yeah, man, you, it. When I was working construction, you know, everyone had to have their lunch breaks and they'd bring their, you know, their lunch pail or they'd go out to eat and, you know, they'd have your ham and cheese sandwich or PB&J or whatever it was. Well, I was like marinating flank steaks and bringing tortillas and limes and cilantro. And I had this little barbecue grill out the back of our work truck. You know, it, it didn't matter where I was in Seattle. I could have been off third or... You know, first by Pike Place, I would open up those doors. I'd light that grill, and I'd just start cooking for everyone. And it was everything. I did rack of ribs. I did ribeyes, you know, and I just kept creating every single day. I was doing something. You know, yeah, I wasn't on a professional cutting board. It, it was a cardboard box with, like, a pocket knife, you know, hacking at the steak. But it was once people started finding out what I was doing, like, my whole crew started, like, coming around me like for lunch they stopped bringing their pb and j's or their ham and cheese sandwich and like brought something almost to like the potluck every day right like every single morning Corey, what do you what do you bring today like what are we cooking do i need to stop over at safeway and grab you anything and that like the passion not only of cooking but of getting people together like especially in your workplace and being able to like truly meet them and have a conversation over just something I'm, I'm doing off of a truck. Like that's, that's the passion, you know, the community and bringing people together and, you know, food does that to people. Real conversations happen at the dinner table. So that's kind of where everything, everything came together. Um, yeah, uh, that's it, man. That's, that's the story. That's super cool. <laughs> so moving forward, you um, like in the next five years, ten years, do you see yourself sticking with the food truck thing, or do you have any idea of like maybe opening a, a brick and mortar, or uh, have you had thoughts about that at all? Yeah, I have. I don't know what direction that looks like. I know I want to keep the food truck going. Um, I may not run it. You know, my son, three years, he's sixteen. That'll be his first summer job. Like it's, it'll be his responsibility. I will teach him. You know, he cooks with me on the truck right now, so I'm teaching him kind of, 
you know, how to operate the truck, how to, you know, to turn on the gas, things like that, and then, you know, have the food and everything. So I'm hoping here in the next three years, you know, he'll he'll want to take that on. You know, he's super passionate cook as well. He wants to go to the CIA in New York um, right after high school. So that's Culinary Institute of America, uh, a really good culinary school. And he, he's just passionate. We've never pushed any of it on him. He's just kind of just, I don't know, he just wants to do it on his own. Um, as for opening a restaurant, I think no right now. Uh, we are opening one in January, downtown Puyallup, right next to TK's Bar and Grill called per- Perry's Bar Bistro. Um, I've designed the menu, designed the kitchen. Um, it's actually old friends from my mom back in the Salties days that are opening up this restaurant, Ron and Laura Perry. Um, yeah, they brought me on and putting all their trust into me to kind of run this um, this program. So from January to April... I will be running this kitchen, opening this kitchen. So be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, we're super excited for that. What kind of food are you guys going to be serving? So it, it's going to be definitely Pacific Northwest influenced, um, really like a rustic flair. So we've got, you know, some good smoked ribeyes on there um, with roasted radishes, some watercress, and compound butters to you know like a late night burger that just has your american cheese and your pickles and and white onions so it's we're going to touch a lot of a lot of flavors um we're going to change with the seasons we have an amazing whiskey program that's going on there um honestly the the bar itself and the cocktails they will be creating are just going to be i i hope you all are ready for it to be honest um and food is just going to match perfectly with kind of whatever night you're looking for. Um, if you, you're going out on a date with the wife, we, we definitely have something to offer. Um, you know, you want just a quick a quick burger and a whiskey, we've, we've got that too. So we're, we're just focusing on, on seasonality um, and just the passion that we, we all bring to the table for hospitality. So That's cool. Yeah. So when you're at home with your family making food, what do you typically do yeah man uh top ramen is a hit in this house uh we are definitely top ramen fans um you you know we we do splurge it's you know sometimes with you know some nice steaks and things like that just like everyone does but kids love the mac and cheese kids love the ramen uh breakfast is great german pancakes is also a definite hit around here uh taco night it could be wednesday thursday friday we can have tacos I had cereal tonight. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are what are German pancakes? German pancakes. So my wife taught me this. Um, flour, eggs, butter, a little bit of milk, and she blends it in the blender. And then she puts this pan in the oven with butter on it, gets it all melted, puts her takes it out, puts her mixture on there, and puts it back in the oven. And this thing like fluffs up like the edges, like curl up and it is you know she'll pull it out after 15 minutes and put just hot syrup on it and it's just this it's like a hybrid of french toast and pancakes it's phenomenal it's almost like a little bit of a custard in a sense like texture wise okay oh like it's a lot of eggs like, yeah oh yeah okay. a lot of eggs yeah. so 
man, it uh, it's fantastic. Okay. Shout out to Ashley LaFrenchy for killing that. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, she she does very well with that one. I have to ask you because one of my favorite movies that's come out in the last ten years is Chef. Yeah, have you seen that? Oh yeah, about three hundred times. Okay, yeah. What do you what are your thoughts on that on that film and comparing that film to like your own experience with food and with family? What do you like about it? I like the fact that he was a he's a restaurant chef, right? And, and there's you know there's such thing as restaurant people to street people. Um, I, I like the fact that he saw a different light going into a food truck. You know, I remember just in the in the video it was, or in the movie it was just like I would never operate a food truck because I'm a restaurant chef. Almost like putting him above you know people in food food trucks right um and then he he kind of did his own thing and what the whole thing like inspired me by is right now food trucks are putting out some pretty serious food some food that I would put against you know some of the top notch restaurants around our area um you can be as creative as you want the flavors are bold like we are dealing directly face-to-face with somebody eating our food, it's really personable. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm a street person. So being on in the streets of my truck is is where I feel comfortable. So I feel like I just tied in a lot with that movie, just you know, roaming around and creating something and connecting with the people on the streets. And, you know, shout out to Roy Choi because he is that is his story. Um he, you know, he started a food truck back in the day called Kogi, and he was the very first truck to utilize Twitter when it first came out to tell people his locations. And once he started doing that, and he, um, you know, he he would get like lines that you had to wait six hours for for a taco, and, and people would stay there. Um, so that whole movie is just based on his story, his life, you know, in. Honestly, he he is definitely an inspiration of mine. Um, I was just at his restaurant in Vegas a month ago. I follow all of his work. Um, Broken Bread on Netflix or Hulu. Definitely a good one to watch just because he talks about poverty, people that need food, um, and what different companies and different chefs are are doing to, to solve that. Um, a lot of inspiration comes from him. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know that was about... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's just his story. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a good movie. It's one of those movies where you just watch over and over, and you know, it's it's still exciting. Yeah, chef. Yeah, I love the fact that it was it was it's clean. It is. You know. Yep. It gets it's a uh, it's a family film, and you wouldn't think that with John Favreau and right. some of the actors that are in it, but John Leguizamo. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's a family film that I could watch with my son. Yeah. Which is very cool. Yeah. Hey, I. It was super cool how they showed kind of the whole process too, right? Like when they got the truck and it was kind of like just a dump. It was almost like the truck I bought, right? <laughs> like it came out of a bush. Yeah. And then they ripped everything out and kind of just went and shopped for the new stuff. And like that's when like your excitement and the passion starts happening is, man, I get to buy a brand new spatula. Like, dude, this is so dope. Or, hey, I got a new grill or whatever it is. Like, so they showed that in the movie. They were buying the new oven and things like that. And then, you know, they went and got the new paint job. And 
it's on. Like when once you have like your concept and you're ready to roll, like they, yeah, there's no better feeling. Talk to me about entrepreneurship. What does that mean to you? And what's the experience like? It's uh, it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, it's not so much like the cooking aspect of everything. It's it's everything else that ties into just business alone. Um, financials and and everything set aside. Like I have a burning burning passion for what I do, um, for what I get to create, for the people I get to meet. I I just love it, dude. I I think everyone should be an entrepreneur. It's just in my eyes. Like it's Brian told me three years ago. He. He said, I I can't, Brian, I don't know if I'm going to quote this right, but you said it's easier to go and do your own thing than it is to work for somebody these days. It's easier to be an entrepreneur than it is to just have a day job. Once he told me that, and I I had a day job, like it, something just clicked into me. So I don't know, man, I, I love it. It's I get to build my own structure. I get to build a brand that, what does that mean to me? Um, our tagline, we just want to feed you. Like, how do I, how do I thrive off of my tagline? It, it, really, it's not even a tagline at this point. It's a, just a mission statement. Like, this is who I am. Street Eats is, we just want to feed you. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's it. That's cool, man. Yeah. And you're feeding people. We are feeding people. Yeah. Like to be feeding more, but we're feeding people. Yeah. If there's, uh, let's tell people how they can find you. Okay. Um, and if they want to help you with your mission, yeah. how they can contact you. And- yeah. Uh, you, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Street Eats Mobile Eatery. If you would like to volunteer, send us a message. You can also hit us on our email at streeteatsmobileatery at gmail.com. And yeah, we, we would love the volunteers. You know, we're, our inbox right now is just flooding full of people that are trying to help in. Once we figure out what this area looks like and the demand, then it'll be easier for me to, to bring some people on to just help out. Or, you know, and I always say, like, if you just want to come to the truck and say hi, I'd love to meet you. So, yeah, that's how you can find us. Come peep it. Well, thank you so much for being on the, on the podcast. Of course, man. I, I had a great time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of American Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on social media. This is Shane Simonson signing off until next time.